Do you know how being green is a thing today? A massive phenomenon? And do you know how ESG is also a thing for corporations, businesses worldwide? Everybody wants to be green and everybody wants to look like they are doing an amazing job on ESG. Well, everybody actually doesn't want to be green. Corporations in particular, for the most part, as far as I can gather, are trying to look green. Corporations also, for the most part, and I mean 99%, are trying to look like they are respecting environmental, social, and governance standards. But they're not. And so in parallel, there is a huge movement that has also mushroomed almost beyond recognition, and it's called greenwashing. Greenwashing is basically the process of giving us a false impression, or even worse, giving us misleading information about how a company's business or products or activities are more environmentally sound. So basically, greenwashing is unsubstantiated claims to deceive consumers and citizens, us in other words, into believing that a company's products are environmentally friendly, when this could not be further from the truth. Today's episode is therefore my greenwashing top 15 the top 15 ways in which businesses worldwide greenwash their products or their entire business activities. Welcome to episode 58 of the Angry Clean Energy Guy with me, Asad Razouk. I am so happy you're here. Thank you. Here are my greenwashing top 15. Number one, big oil rebranding methane gas decades ago as natural gas. Every time you see the word natural gas being used, it's greenwashing. Why? It's fossil gas. It's about as dirty as coal when you account for all the emissions that are used to produce it, then transport it, then liquefy it if that's required, and then get it to the end user. But some very smart marketing minds came up with that word natural gas to replace fossil gas and methane gas, which are 
far more appropriate ways to call it. And by rebranding it as natural gas, they just put us to sleep, didn't they? It's just such a wonderful public relations job. They deserve probably one of the top prizes globally for the best PR anytime, anywhere. And so that's number one on my greenwashing top 15 list. Number two is big oil inventing carbon footprint calculators. Now, what is that? Back in the early 2000s, oil and gas companies were struggling with how best to make us consumers feel guilty about our use of fossil fuels in order for them to shift responsibility to us and therefore be in a position to say, oh, you know what? I'm only producing this oil and gas because you are using it. And British Petroleum, BP, invented the notion of a personal carbon footprint calculator and then popularized it on the back of a $100 million advertising campaign each year from 2004 to 2006. So for three years, BP drilled into consumers worldwide the concept of a carbon footprint calculator for individuals. And they labeled their campaign Beyond Petroleum to imply, in a subtle manner, that in order for them, BP, to move beyond petroleum, only individuals cutting their carbon footprints mattered. It was brilliant, and it worked, because carbon footprint calculators are now everywhere, and people use them earnestly without having a clue that they are falling into the trap set to them by BP and other oil and gas companies. Number three, top 15 greenwashing technique. Any corporate plastic recycling pledge whatsoever. Do you know why? Because in reality, in the real world, there is no recycling infrastructure at scale anywhere. We just assume that there is. Because those who make and sell plastic don't talk about it. And because they made sure that this pretend recycling makes us feel good. Doesn't it feel great when you drop something into the correct recycling bag? It does. But in fact, most of the plastic we use in our daily lives is either not recyclable or no one actually bothers recycling it. And the statistics are humbling, to be honest. We've recycled less than 7%, 7% of all the plastic we've ever produced in the history of the world. And we've dumped into the oceans another 5%, minimum. That's about dumping the weight of 5 billion people into the oceans. What have we done with the rest? Well, we've either burnt it or we shipped it to China or the Philippines or Thailand or one of several African countries, all of which lack recycling infrastructure. So 
If they tell you that they're recycling, don't believe them. And to be honest, I'm not even sure you should bother dropping anything into a recycling bin. That's just the hard truth. Number four in my greenwashing top 15 is carbon capture projects. So these are projects which allegedly will allow oil and gas and petrochemical companies and others to continue doing what they're doing because they will capture the carbon coming out of their facilities. It's a fossil fuel con. And here's a fundamental reason why. We have just one carbon capture project in the entire world that's working. It's on a large coal power plant. It captures CO2. And that one carbon capture project isn't even capturing 50% of what it promised to do. Just the one. Yet we are meant to believe that the entire world is going to be covered with carbon capture projects, which will allow oil and gas and coal and cement and steel companies and others to just continue doing what they're doing. That is just untrue. And that's why carbon capture projects are number four in my greenwashing top 15. Number five is the green bonds market. All of it. The entire green bond market. Why? Because all bonds should be green. It's pretty obvious. We are in a climate emergency. Yet, the entire global green bond market accounts for not even 1% of all issued bonds globally. You've got about $130 trillion of outstanding bonds, of which about a trillion are labeled green. But what that means is actually scary because it means that over 99% of the bond market is functioning very nicely with no regard whatsoever to whether the money raised is exacerbating climate change or destroying the environment or polluting rivers and waterways or endangering public health or indeed all of that together. So I would argue that green bonds do more harm than good. Why? Because they power a feel-good bandwagon on which you have bankers, publicists, lawyers, consultants, companies, regulators, and sometimes entire countries to make us citizens believe that they are doing something substantial to save the world when in fact they're doing nothing of the sort. All bonds should be green. And that's why the green bond market is number five in my greenwashing top 15. Number six is any polluting company making noises about planting trees. I mean, if you just hear planting trees coming out of any polluting company, it's greenwashing. There are two fundamental problems with what I would label as the planting trees propaganda machine. The first is that these polluting companies actually have no incentive to stop their pollution in the first place. And planting trees is merely an excuse to continue polluting. 
And the second is that even if it were possible to be absolved for environmental destruction by planting trees, surely polluters, corporate polluters, should not be allowed to sell that absolution as carbon offsets. But that's exactly what many polluters are doing. And Shell, the oil company, is my favorite example and by far the biggest culprit. It asks consumers to pay a premium at the pump in some countries to buy carbon offsets from them, Shell, and these are the very same carbon offsets coming from its I am planting trees propaganda, and makes a profit on it. What polluting companies need to do is in reality super straightforward. They have to stop emitting carbon. And to do that, they need to cut down their emissions, not go off and plant trees. And that's why any polluting company making noises about planting trees is number six on my greenwashing top 15. Number seven, the voluntary carbon markets in their entirety, because their time is long gone. I've covered this in my previous podcasts here and there. And so to make a long story short, voluntary carbon markets were born in the early 2000s as a temporary effort to transition to a low-carbon economy and were supposed to have disappeared by 2020. Well, it's now 2022. And that's why voluntary carbon markets are Number seven in my greenwashing top 15. Number eight are corporate net zero pledges with no plans to cut emissions to zero, which is pretty much every single corporate net zero pledge in the world. We have to move not to net zero, but to zero because we have a climate emergency on our hands. Therefore, Actions that don't decrease emissions directly, permanently, and consistently are frankly meaningless. There's a new report by the New Climate Institute and Carbon Market Watch on the net zero plans of the world's biggest companies. No surprise there, they found all of them inadequate. But I loved one particular chart where they summarized global net zero pledges roughly as follows in four categories. Category one is what they appear to pledge, and there, what they appear to pledge is massive. Category two is what they really commit to, and that's very, very little. Category three is what is left out from those corporate net zero pledges, and the answer is almost everything. And category four is what is unclear, And it turns out that what is unclear is lots and lots and lots. And that's why corporate net zero pledges with no plans to cut emissions to zero are number eight on my greenwashing top 15. Number nine, oil companies trumpeting renewables while planning to maintain or increase oil and gas production. One of my favorites is Equinor the Norwegian oil company. So they declared in an update on their climate plans recently that they have set a clear ambition to become a net zero energy company by 2050. Now, already when you hear net zero, 
immediately a red flag should go off. And according to their statement, Equinor also set interim ambitions, aiming to reduce net carbon intensity with blah by 2030 and blah by 2035. So Equinor is presenting itself as doing what's being asked, i.e. transforming from selling fossil fuels to selling zero emissions energy. But nothing could be further from the truth. In 2021, of the total energy sold by Equinor, 0.54%, so half of 1%, was zero carbon. In other words, 99.5% was not. Yet, they've published hundreds of tweets featuring pictures of wind farms and just greenwashing their way through the whole space when, in fact, they're selling about 90 times more gas and oil than what they're selling from wind farms. And that's just one example of an oil company trumpeting renewables while maintaining or indeed increasing oil and gas production, which is why that's number nine on my greenwashing top 15. Number 10 is a classic. The International Energy Agency published a document called The Seven Key Principles for Implementing Net Zero. Yet, if you read that document, so that's the seven key principles for implementing net zero. If you read the entire document, they managed to write that without any mention, and I mean zero, of the words oil, gas, coal, or fossil fuels. And that's why the IEA's seven key principles for implementing net zero is number 10 on my greenwashing top 15. Number 11, anything insurance companies say about net zero or cutting fossil fuel exposure. And I mean anything. So the insurance industry has $30 trillion in assets under management. And it's a huge, but mostly invisible force in influencing the direction of the global economy. I mean, who wakes up in the morning and thinks about insurance? Yet, insurance companies, so that $30 trillion, are doing incredibly little to fight climate change. Think about it this way. Every single fossil fuel asset anywhere in the world is insured. Well, if it's killing us, why is it still insured? Yet, insurance companies get away with it. And out of the largest 30 insurers in the world, 29 pretty much do not take the Paris Climate Agreement at all into account. And they continue to back new oil, gas, and coal, as well as collect vast premiums from existing fossil fuels. Collectively, the Paris Climate Agreement-related policies of the insurance sector, and I'm talking globally, amount to not much more than a giant pile of greenwashing guff. And I have a podcast episode about that, episode 45 of the Angry Clean Energy Guy, if you want to know more. And that's why anything insurance companies say about net zero 
is number 11 on my greenwashing top 15. 12 and 13 are super straightforward. Number 12 is law firms, all of them. Why? I have a podcast episode about that too, episode 46 of the Angry Clean Energy Guy. But law firms, in a nutshell, just enable the entire fossil fuel economy to survive, fight, thrive, and not go away. They are the silent enablers. Number 13 is almost all of the ESG financial industry. And on that one, I'm afraid I have two entire podcasts, episodes 49 and 50 of the Angry Clean Energy Guy. So I don't want to develop these in any detail. But number 12 on my greenwashing top 15 is law firms. And number 13 on my greenwashing top 15 is almost all of the ESG financial industry. Number 14 is Saudi Arabia wanting to plant 10 billion trees, billion trees, even though it doesn't have a single river. I mean, I cannot get my head around this one. Here is all you need to know. Saudi Arabia is a nation where there is no river at all. None. They have a few lakes here and there. They've got a few oases in the desert, but they consume double the amount of water consumed by any developing nation in the world. And without a single river, they issue pledges to plant 10 billion trees. I mean, I don't really need to say anymore, do I? And so they make it comfortably at number 14 on my greenwashing top 15. And finally, number 15 is a new thing, and it's called carbon-neutral LNG cargoes. So these are massive ships transporting liquid gas. And apparently, if you just Google carbon-neutral LNG cargoes, you'll see that many people in the press are taking seriously their press releases that these LNG cargoes are carbon neutral because apparently the carbon offsets that their owners have bought from the voluntary carbon markets, of course, mostly created by planting trees, then estimating how many carbon emissions the tree is going to absorb, then printing that amount on a piece of paper, then selling that piece of paper to polluters allows them to continue to pollute because they can offset the carbon they emit with that piece of paper. And therefore, oil traders can run around, present their LNG as carbon neutral and say incredibly little about how the emissions from that cargo were estimated, whether they include emissions throughout the life cycle of the gas, where the carbon offsets were purchased from, how much they paid for them. And yet they want us to believe that the very same old dirty polluting gas, which leaked methane gas all the way from production to transportation to shipping to usage, is now just fine because the oil traders cleaned it in the voluntary carbon markets. And that's why carbon-neutral LNG cargoes are number 15 on my greenwashing top 15. 
thank you so much for listening this far to this episode 58 of the Angry Clean Energy Guy. I've missed many other greenwashing tricks. We haven't even touched on fast fashion and the fashion industry and what they're up to or the different hydrogen colors and the alleged way that natural gas-powered hydrogen, there's that natural gas again, is going to save us from our climate crisis. But I'll stick to that top 15 for now and maybe come back with more in a later episode. And so just to recap what these were, my greenwashing top 15. Number one, big oil rebranding methane gas as natural gas. Number two, big oil inventing carbon footprint calculators. Number three, any corporate plastic recycling pledge. Number four is carbon capture. Number five is the green bond market, all of it. Number six, any polluting company making noises about planting trees. Seven is voluntary carbon markets. Number eight is corporate net zero pledges with no plans to cut emissions to zero. Number nine, oil companies trumpeting renewables while planning to maintain or increase oil and gas production. Number 10, the International Energy Agency's seven key principles for implementing net zero document. Number 11, anything insurance companies say about net zero. Number 12, law firms. Number 13, almost all of the ESG financial industry. Number 14, Saudi Arabia wanting to plant 10 billion trees. And number 15, carbon neutral energy cargoes. As always, please send me anything you can think of in terms of greenwashing to my email address listed at theangrycleanenergyguy.com. And if you like this episode, please share it and tell your friends. Thank you so much for listening to me, Asad Razouk, on this episode 58 of the Angry Clean Energy Guy, and have a great couple of weeks. <laughs>